Hi, I'm Dana Stevens, Slate's movie critic, here with the Slate Spoiler Special Podcast on Salt, the new thriller with Angelina Jolie. Joining me in the New York studio is Lizzie Skernick. Hello, Lizzie. Hi. Who is writer, blogger, person extraordinaire. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your current project? Oh, yeah. Well, I just want to say Old Hag, my cultural blog, is about to reopen with a new design and some new series. So oh, that's great. Yes. I can't wait to take a look at it. Wait, so um, give the uh, URL. To the URL is very important, and it's theoldhag.com. Oh, right. Because if you go to oldhag.com, <laughs> it takes you to some disturbing... I never check anymore, but I, I Sort hear. of fetish website? Okay. <laughs> so you heard it here, guys. You've got two new websites to visit now. <laughs> Um, so, Lizzie, you and I saw Salt together last night. Um, mm-hmm. Just your quick overall reaction. Recommended? Not? Definitely recommended. You know, it was it was coherent, and I think it put us both in a better mood, which was very impressive. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I had sort of heard good things about this movie, but I guess a late summer action thriller, it, it, it didn't sound that appealing except for one element, Angelina Jolie, who I, I think, I guess you as a, don't love her as an actress as much as I do. I sort of keep surprising myself by liking her in almost everything. It, she just lost me at Gia because she just wasn't. That was pretty early. Yeah, you. It's like the mid-80s. I'm just, I'm much more, in, in real life, I'll buy every magazine with her on the cover about that marriage and the 900 children. But as an actress, I mean, I've tried to get through Mr. and Mrs. Smith like 16 times and I can't. Oh, yeah, that's a bad movie. Oh, oh okay, maybe that's it. Maybe. <laughs> I always want Jennifer Aniston to have a good movie, so maybe I'm just being sort of partisan. I mean, don't get me wrong. Angelina has been in plenty of bad movies. She, mm-hmm. by no means, is a guarantee that a movie is going to be good. I just sort of I, – I always think that I'm not going to be sold on her and that she's going to seem insincere or phony in some way because she so, seems like such an invented artificial person mm-hmm. that couldn't possibly be real somehow in real life. But as a performer, I think she's really genuine. And actually, as a person, I think she's genuine. But that's another whole conversation oh, yeah, we yeah, could yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> that's anyway, so I'm questions. with you on this one. Angelina Insult, I think, is great. And if you like this kind of thing, and I want to get next to exactly what kind of thing this spy thriller is, but I would say that if you, although it's quite different, if you like the Bourne Identity, you know, the Bourne movies, if you like... Um, a good taut spy movie in the mm-hmm. old school red hunt for Red October kind of mode. Hunt for Red October, and and I would even say if you even like something like what what was that movie with? Oh, this is going to be one of those things where my brain. The guy, the guy from Wall Street, is uh, in the movie where it's his birthday, and he the game. Oh yeah. Even if you like something like that, like I would almost put it more in the category of the game than in those classic spy thrillers. In the sense that it's a movie that messes with your mind really seriously over and over, right? I mean, the the reversals are pretty constant from the first scene on, essentially. So it makes it, well, it makes it really necessary to spoil, to tape one of these podcasts on, because in my review, I could say almost nothing except, gee, Angelina's really good and this is (laughs) fun to see and you should see it. But I want to get into some of the actual plot twists of this thing. And you're right that the game is not a bad model, although I think that's more seriously kind of messing with your mind than this. But but let's just talk through the story and, and, and see what happens to Evelyn Salt, who is this uh, super spy CIA agent as the movie begins, played by Angelina Jolie. Right. When we first see her, she's being beaten by Koreans, right? It actually right. starts off with a shot that could be straight from some sort of really unpleasant exploitation movie because oh, it's basically God. Angelina in a bra and panties yeah. being beaten bloody by these Korean dudes. Right. And with the water forced down her. Right. Kind of a waterboarding type scenario. Yeah. Oh, um, it's it's mercifully short, that scene. And it yeah. basically is there just to set up. It has nothing to do with the story that follows. It's just to set up that she's a CIA agent, right? No, that's not true. It's just, it's actually totally has to do with it because that's her German boyfriend 
uh, is the one who gets her out of Korea. And the idea is as she's going across the DMZ and she's with her CIA peer, she's all like, why did you get me out of here? Which is nothing they would ever really say. But then he's like, your boyfriend made a big stink. You know, your boyfriend who has no idea you're a CIA agent. And so that's the part. Remember, at the end, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But the whole idea is the reason Angelina ch- turned from being a Russian spy was that this German guy loved her and accepted her as a CIA agent and that's why she stopped uh, honoring the weird guy with the ring who brainwashed all the Russian okay, children. Okay, okay. Right. I know, so I now, know. <laughs> for our listeners, we need to backtrack, but you did just clarify something for me about the movie. So, right. So the big question of the movie becomes, is she or is she not a double agent, right? right. Is she a straightforward, good guy, CIA official who knows a lot about Russia because she lived part of her childhood in Russia? Or is she actually a Russian plant who right. was part of this... I mean, be advised that this is all post-Cold War. This takes place in the present, and yet it unproblematically <laughs> posits that there's all these old Soviet kind of apparatchik types that want to start up the Cold War again. So, totally. So they've planted— Well, um, they want to punish America. I'm sorry I keep going to the end, but so many things are explained right in the last scene, really, that it's like the idea is not even that they want Soviets to rule. It's that they want America to suffer because that's why they're going to blow up Mecca. Remember? The- oh, that's right. They're going to bomb the Middle East just yeah. to get Middle Easterners so upset that they bring down America. So essentially, it's just spite. It's like a revolution totally. of spite. Totally. <laughs> Which Russians, you know, that makes sense. Long-term grudges, spite. <laughs> but so, okay, now having understood that she, at the beginning of the movie, is trying to run away from her secret Russian mole past and go straight as a CIA agent because she's married to this nice German entomologist. Right. Right. Because of that... Um, it's it's a surprise and a shock to her when Oleg, is that his name? That when the old Russian dude shows up, the defector, yeah, shows up to CIA headquarters and tells the tale, the, as it turns out, true tale about, but, but feverishly insane sounding tale about right. the Russian moles being planted throughout the U.S. and then being these hyper-trained since childhood super spies, of which she is one and he fingers her as one. And in this whole scene, we, we kind of think, well, this is this crazy Russian guy. And I still don't understand. This, to me, is still a plot hole in the movie. Why her supervisor, her immediate supervisor, who's played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, I think I'm saying his name right, oh, yeah. why does he take all that at face value? He immediately says, Lock down the office, you know, get out the rocket launchers. I mean, well, I why are they giving credence to this guy? OK, I think I have the answer to this, actually, that he's not her direct superior. He's not CIA. The idea is, you know, how at the beginning they keep being like, this is your jurisdiction to Liev Shriver and this is us. So he's someone uh, I may be incorrect in this, but I think his job is he's Secret Service and his job is directly to protect the Russian president who's visiting because our vice president has been killed. So I think his idea is sort of okay. like I can't believe I never remember anything. God, you're so much better at exposition than me. I, I'm not. Some, oh, wait, I have to. I didn't know the kind of movie this was going to be actually at the beginning. So I paid the kind of attention that you pay to a normal spy <laughs> thriller. And so I don't think I ever got Chiwetel's job description totally clear in my mind because well, it was just a round headquarters. I think I was really looking for the plot because, you know me, we were talking about this at the beginning, is that one of my pet peeves with our era is that the plots are so incoherent. No one bothers to have an actual plot. Like, Night and Day has no plot. Nothing makes sense. And I always just feel like Give any writer, you know, $27, they will fix your plot holes for you and make a plot. And what I liked about this movie is that the plot actually does make sense, you know, given, given its, in, you know, internal reality, the, the, things, the things that are done, you know, insofar it's a movie makes sense. And the other interesting part of that beginning, because I think this was actually the sort of first 
double agent thing is that right after when she's accused of being a spy, you know, when what's his face is like, we're locking you down. She immediately tells what we don't know is a lie. We don't know if it's a lie because she says, you know how they kill the family first. I have to get back to my cute German entomologist husband and make sure he's not dead. And we as the viewer don't know, Okay, she's just trying to get out of this because she's really got to kill the Russian president or she really protecting her husband. Right. And that's a very interesting chase scene, the first chase scene, because you're perception of her character changes during the chase scene. There's a right. really elaborate moment where she's locked into a conference room at the CIA headquarters and she makes a rocket launcher out of cleaning <laughs> products and puts her thong underwear over the security camera and it's kind of great action. But then she goes so far in this escape and she's shooting herself in the foot so badly. I mean, totally. Not literally, but figuratively, right? Like she's totally hanging herself in terms of her job. And so you're thinking, if it's true that she's innocent, why wouldn't she stick around? Leah Shriver, who's another colleague at the CIA, is kind of on her side at the beginning and it just doesn't make any sense that if she's really a good guy, she's going to this much trouble to escape some people who wrongly think she's a bad guy. And it, so it the does, movie does do a pretty good job at, at saving you from that extreme moment of confusion that you find yourself in. And in most chases, that's not the case, right? In most, right. In most car chase scenes in a movie, you're very clear the whole time that the protagonist is the protagonist. So right. it's, it's, it's a cool slippage when she starts to not be. Yeah. And also that's such a key scene also. I guess we've seen it before, but usually it more makes sense, like in The Born Identity and it's also in the German embassy when the, when they are about to shut him down too and he has to escape because they they start you know that whole scene of like now your picture is out and we're locking you in and the spy has to still get out somehow is like but and and so that was what was interesting because we really didn't know why and I remember you asking me during the movie you kept being like WTF why is she doing this and I was like it's either that she wants to kill the president or her husband and that was the point I think where I leaned over to you and I was like I'm calling that she's actually protecting the Russian president. <laughs> right. And which it took you about 20 minutes to be proved right. So that was a good, bold, early call. So yeah, as it turns out, I mean, I don't even know how many of the intricacies we need to talk about here. Yeah. But, but the thing that the, that the crazy defector warns of is that the Russian president who's coming to the U.S. for a, for a diplomatic funeral is going to be assassinated by Russians, right? Which is by thing. her, by her. He says, because remember at the end, he says like, you know, the agent's name is Salt. Evelyn Salt. And then she turns around and she's like, my name is Evelyn Salt. And that's when this whole problem occurs. You know, so I think he's saying she's going to do it. And that's also why the Secret Service guy goes a little crazy, I think, because if the also I was just kind of interested. Can you just do that? Can you just walk into like a spy facility and be like, I'm coming in from the cold. I have this story to tell you or no? I don't know. Go down to D.C. (laughs) and try it out. We may never see you again. I don't quite still get also what that guy's motivation of is for doing that at that moment. I mean, I could I could fall into these these little plot holes forever, but if she's programmed to do this and, you know, she's this pitiless death machine who's been programmed since childhood to do whatever this this cabal orders her to do, then wouldn't it be more effective for her to just sneak out and do it? Or is it that he's worried? Why does he think he will motivate her to do it by pointing her out as the person who's going to do it? That's an interesting question. I think he does have to come tell her she's the person who's going to do it. And I think... Maybe. Oh, well, Okay. this might be totally unclear. But remember how at the end it turns out with Liev Shriver uh, that. Oh, yeah. This is an important spoiler, guys. Okay, so Liev Shriver, who through the entire movie has been like the nice guy who believes in Angelina Jolie. Right. Right. Turns out it worked. Of course, to be like the biggest Russian spy ever and also was going to kill Oleg. Also, he was going to become like king Russian spy. And the moment you find that out, may I just point out, is a really, really hilarious action sequence moment when suddenly Liv Schreiber, who's down in a bunker 
bunker underneath the White House with the president and his top security advisors, just gets out a gun and starts killing them all. He kills them all, but he doesn't kill the president. Why doesn't he kill the president? I thought he did. I guess he just knocks him out. He knocks him out. I think, I guess because it would destabilize the world of the movie too much. Like we want at the end for everything to be okay and for there not to be an assassinated. He does assassinate the national security advisor. And there's a fun line where the person says, but I'm the national security advisor. (laughs) And he shoots him and says, not anymore. I can't remember what the line is. It's not the line itself. It's just, it's just too bizarre to imagine somebody turning to Condoleezza Rice or the equivalent and just shooting them in the head. Well, I think what's more funny is like putting that up as a reason not to be killed. Like sort of like, hi, I'm the person who authorized this and whose idea all this was. So don't kill me. This is my job. I know that you did want to discuss before we wrap up the important point that you find Leo Schreiber very hot. So please go with that. <laughs> this was the first time I noticed how hot he was, I think. I, I I've always been... liked Leo Schreiber. I've always liked him, but there was... I mean, liked him, liked him. Ooh, <laughs> I guess we're going to Did you ever see over... Walking and Talking, that early oh, Nicole Hollis movie? movie? He's I... so great in that. Who that was he? when I first noticed him in anything. But isn't he like the schmo boyfriend who's married to the blonde lady who's cheating on him? No, no, no. Oh, he's the okay. the ex-boyfriend of Katherine Keener in that movie, who she's just friends with, platonic friends. But then at the end, it's kind of implied that they're getting back together, or maybe oh, yeah, even basically shown right. that they are. That's right. And it's right. really hot. Yeah. I like. I guess I just liked, I liked him in like a suit, you know, sort of like, because he didn't really look like anyone else in the movie. You know, like he has, he has this sort of like ethnic, you know, schmo look, whereas like, you know, everybody else really is playing the part they always play. And then you see him there and you're like, oh, we have Schreiber, like, you know, dramatic kingpin. What are you doing in this Yeah, movie? you're right. Because he's this, you think of him as this sort of serious Shakespearean intense guy. The idea yeah. that he's just the, the good buddy at work doesn't really work, which makes it all the more perfectly unsettling when he turns out not to be the good buddy at work. Totally, totally. And it made me feel much better for Naomi Watts because we tried to remember who had dropped her before. And of course, I didn't look it up and I couldn't remember. But I just remember thinking of Liev Schreiber sort of a consolation prize. And then I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no she, way. He's no, a trophy husband. He's total trophy husband. So then let's just wrap up because this movie is really all about Angelina. It's just simply a delivery vehicle for Angelina yes. Jolie to do action. And I'm kind of excited by this prospect that maybe she's heading into an action phase of, of her career. Yeah. There, I, there was Wanted. I don't know if you saw Wanted last year. It wasn't as good as this movie, I don't think. In fact, I didn't think it was very good at all. But she was so completely believable as, you know, another kind of invincible gangster type. Yes. And she was very believable in this, I thought. I loved watching her do action. I mean, I sort of got on her team with that because there's that one sequence where she's jumping from truck to truck, which for another actress could really just be sort of a ludicrous thing, you know, like you're on a freeway and you're jumping from one moving truck to another moving truck on Well, I'm another. trying to think of another actress, even an actress I like, but an actress who could not carry that off. I mean, Naomi Watts, for example, right? <laughs> right. I mean, you wouldn't, you would never for a minute believe, obviously it's a stunt woman that's, that's doing it, but, right. but Angelina Jolie sells the idea that it's her doing it. Whereas with Naomi Watts, you'd think, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what stationary platform she's standing on before she switches places with a stunt woman who looks like her. Right. Or you'd start thinking, like, who whose stupid idea was this that this would seem believable? It actually just looks kind of silly. I will know? say that, and I pointed this out during our viewing, I really didn't like her shoe choice for that for that <laughs> truck jumping scene because you actually see her change into the outfit, right? But she, she runs home after her rocket launch escape from CIA headquarters and basically packs, does this very admirably fast packing for her, right. for her, um, you know, on the road fleeing. Right. And uh, and I don't know why she chooses these boots with a chunky wood heel to jump from. Wouldn't she just put sneakers on or her special well, pleated escape shoes? I got weirded out by something that was also related to the changing in that scene, which is, you know, when she knocks on the neighbor's door. And of course, luckily, there's the little, you know, 
girl there with the cat and or with the or whatever, and she can like knock on the window and go into that apartment and escape. I was wondering at how she put the jeans on there and like took the skirt off there because it was just kind of like, why do we have to see you put your jeans on and take your skirt off with this jacket? Like it was very much like something an actual <laughs> woman would has actually do. No, no, no. It was like, why are we even showing this jean? She could have changed to these jeans at any point. Like I don't, I don't know. It was, it was very much like sort of a banal way to change that I would change in the real world. And there's not much that she does in this movie that is banal. So <laughs> right. something like that really does stick out. And as long as we're talking about her looks and her fashion, I just quickly have to say that I love Angelina Jolie with short hair. She's giving gives herself all these different looks during the movie because yeah. she's going from one disguise to another. So she goes from blonde to brunette. She puts on brown contact lenses. At one point, she puts on a crazy latex like entire face mask covering yes. that really disguises her face very well to seem to have differently shaped features and then peels it off spectacularly. Then she chops her hair all off. Right. And by the end of the movie, my one of my big takeaways was I'm getting a short haircut. Oh, really? She looks fantastic. I mean, I think most beautiful women, not that I qualify as one of those, but I think <laughs> no, most people look better with short hair than with long hair, unless, like you, you have really, really fabulous oh, hair I in some I would way. look terrible with short and, hair. Uh, and I really feel like Angelina Jolie needs to be that Foxfire early Angelina Jolie with like, yes. the huge eyes and the short hair. She looks so good. She did look good, although she looked a little bit like sort of a houseboy in the part where she sort of enters the like something about that cut on her when she's a man you just want to be like is this your gay lover is oh this i didn't your- think she was supposed to be a man in the latex mask i thought she was supposed to be a sort of dikey looking woman. no she was supposed to be a man see this oh, see, i thought she was this really cool looking butch no woman. no she's a man and that's why she's wearing the man's suit and that's actually why i also in like my obsessive i guess i'm obsessed with all this sort of like Women's stuff like when she's wandering around in that suit I'm like god like she has like a boy's body she's too skinny like in this man suit she just looks like a young boy so yeah that was my takeaway from that and also she has that very Russian look that she puts on I guess the other plot part that we didn't talk about where we don't know what's going on is when she goes to quote unquote shoot the Russian president although it turns out later that she hasn't done that she she's goes, actually injected him with spider venom so that yes. he will appear to be dead it's like a Romeo and Juliet drug totally totally but like when she's setting up in the hotel and she like dyes her hair black and her eyes turn green and she takes out that tooth thing there really is a kind of like Anna Akhmatova look to her suddenly she's like this huge you know Ruski uh, so, so we really are kind of confused and she definitely has a big evil look on her face that whole time that well, that's the thing that I wanted to close out on, which is that her character, although we do find out in the end, spoiler, that she is in fact, quote, good, I guess, within the world of this movie, actually occupies this strange zone beyond good and evil. And she's caused so much collateral damage in her violence throughout the movie that you can't really say that she's killed only bad guys by the by the end of the movie, although maybe she's tried to kill only bad guys, right? right? She's barely has shown a scrap of sympathy or mercy toward anyone. She didn't shoot that guy. Remember how he's all like, she had the dress. She doesn't when, when she... You're right. She could have shot Chiwetel Ejiofor yeah. and, and she doesn't. And that's actually how she proves to him in the final scene as they have her in handcuffs. Oh, we forgot to say that she spectacularly, spectacularly strangles Leo Schreiber <gasps> oh, yeah. with her handcuff chain in a really with well, the best the best stunt in the movie I think but yes. anyway that's happened and she's in handcuffs and she's being taken away and she actually convinces Chiwetel Ejiofor in a helicopter to let her go right and and push her out of the helicopter knowing of course that she'll survive because she's right. and salt <laughs> and go on her way she convinces him by saying well I could have shot you and I didn't shoot you so it's not true that she never evinces mercy toward anyone but she is this I think really interestingly icy um, morally ambiguous character who there aren't very many 
chinks in her armor at all. Far fewer chinks than Jason Bourne has in his armor. See, I totally disagree because I think that at the end of this movie, what we realize is that it was all for love. Like the thing that the the thing that turned her away from being the Russian spy was that she fell in love with her German entomologist husband. And the thing she's trying to do through the whole beginning of the movie is really to save him. Like we think it might just be sort of a blind for shooting the Russian president, but she really is trying to save him. And then I even think when – this is yet another big spoiler – but when the Russians kill him – The entomologist. Make, the entomologist to make Who you her, know is not long for this world. I mean, come on. The gentle no. German entomologist husband is not going to make it. He's totally not going to make it. That, that – when when they kill him, she turns on them. But you have the idea she was going to turn on them anyway because that's what Liev Schreiber says. He says, that's when we lost you. Like I knew – meaning the Russians. That's when the Russians lost you. When your German husband saved you, then you became all about him. Um, so I actually think she does sort of show a lot of – heart in her own way, only in the sense that that's why that's why she does all this, because otherwise, presumably, she would have killed the Russian president. I still don't I guess the point of her killing the Russian president is that they America is going to think that no, the Russians are going to think America did it and bomb America, which would be another way to punish America. I keep trying to find like the, the thread for why they're doing these. Right. Uh, what plots. is the new world order that the Russians envision? I, don't, I think we're <laughs> going to have to wait for Salt Two till then. The Salt, salt Two. Two. <laughs> yeah, we're very. That's the best part of this movie is Salt Two. <laughs> well, I hope when Salt Two comes out, you will come see that with me and spoil yes, it as well. Definitely. Thanks a lot for coming in, Lizzie. Thank you. Our producer is Krishnan Vasudevan. The executive producer of Slate Podcast is Andy Bowers. For Slate.com, I'm Dana Stevens. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.